Well, good morning. My name is James, if we haven't met. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at the Chapel Sydney. Uh, If you're joining us online, thank you for welcoming us into your home. Thank you for worshipping with us today. Well, today is Vision Sunday, right? It's a Sunday where we get to remind ourselves of all that God has done in the past, is doing now, and will do in the future. Uh, It's really an opportunity to remind ourselves of why we do what we do, right? Now, every company, every business, every enterprise, every organization has some sort of vision and mission statement. Why? Because without vision and direction, you won't last. Listen to some of these uh, vision statements from various Fortune 500 companies. Avon, to be the company that best understands and satisfies the product, service, and and self-fulfillment needs of women globally. Craft foods to make food delicious. No, to make today delicious. (laughs) They already make food delicious. (laughs) Starbucks, to share great coffee with our friends and help make the world a little better. Amazon, to be Earth's most customer-centric company, to build a place where people can come to find and discover anything they might want to buy online. Now, I've got a photo of what Amazon looked like when they first started. Yep, and that's it. That's that's an amazing office right there. And then uh, this is what it looks like now. This is an office in South India, right? Now, just like how these companies and, and businesses, just like how they have a vision, Right? The church also has a vision, a direction. And, and please hear me on this. We're not a company and we're not a business and we'll never be a company or a business. But we're heading towards somewhere and that somewhere is dictated by our vision. Right? It's the vision that God has given us. It's where we're aiming towards. We're not just doing church for the sake of it. But we believe that God has planted us in Australia, Sydney, Bowood for a specific reason. We believe that you're here for a specific reason, that you're here on purpose. And sometimes it's easy for us to forget why we do what we do, right? Have you ever been in the middle of doing something and you just completely forget what you're doing or why you're doing it? It's the same for church. Like, have you ever sat there on a Sunday morning and you're just like, I, I, I don't know why I'm here. Oh, I, I, I don't know what the church is all about. Or why does the Chapel Sydney even exist? You know, you may have come here for a number of years, and you just come because it's been a part of your life. Or you may be here because all your friends are here. Or maybe this is your very first time or second time at church. You know, wherever you land, you need to know these two things. Why the greater church exists, right? The greater church as in the churches all around the world. Number two, why the Chapel Sydney exists in Burwood. Because if you don't know that, right, um, yes, you may love God, but you'll be missing out on all that God has for us in community. And it's in community that we grow, we thrive, we find our identity. So Vision Sunday is a time where we just come back to the main thing, where we realign our hearts and eyes to what the Bible says. Because as soon as we take our eyes off what God is saying, this will happen 100% of the time. We'll start fighting each other. That's why we need to keep the main thing the main thing. And so today my goal and aim is to gently just not just back to the vision and mission of the church. And I really want to challenge all of us today to really ask, to really ask the question, why do we do what we do? Why do you give up two, three hours of your Sunday morning every week? And this might sound like the process of deconstructing your faith, but it's not. 
We're actually just trying to sharpen, focus in on the things that God has for us. And what we're going to see is that if Christ is not the foundation, the bedrock of what, of what we do, then it's just another social justice project. Now, are social justice projects bad? No, they're not. We actually need them. But they're not the main thing we're called to do. And so today I've titled this sermon, Keeping the Main Thing the Main Thing. And what we're going to see is the mission and calling that God has given to every single one of us. And then we're going to see the mission and calling and vision of our church, the Chapel Sydney. So the first thing, the first thing that we need to see is the mission and calling that God has given to every single one of us. Yes, we have a vision and mission for our church, but it comes from a command that God has given to every single one of us. If you've got your Bibles open, open them up to Matthew 28, 16 to 20. It says in verse 16, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So what's going on here? This little passage is actually called the Great Commission, right? And you'll see why in a little moment. But this moment in Matthew 28, it's the zenith, it's the peak, it's the, uh, it's the pinnacle of the entire book of Matthew. This is the very last thing that Jesus is about to do before he ascends into heaven. And so Jesus calls his disciples to a mountain. And before he calls the disciples to mission, he reassures them. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth, and on earth has been given to me. And then Jesus gives them this command. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is the command that Jesus leaves, leaves with his disciples. This is the very last thing that Jesus tells his disciples to do. Go make disciples. Now, what is a disciple? It's a follower or a learner, someone who takes up the ways of someone else. You know, if we apply it to Jesus, a disciple is someone who learns from Jesus to live like Jesus, right? If you call yourself a Christian, that means you're a disciple of Jesus. This is the mission and calling that God has given to every single one of us. No matter what church you go to, no matter how smart or learned you are, no matter how much money you have, no matter how good looking or not you are, this is the command that Jesus gives every single one of us. We are to make disciples of all nations. This is why it's called the Great Commission. Jesus commissions us. He instructs us to go. In Luke 24, to 49, we read Luke's account of the Great Commission. This is what he says. He said to them, the disciples, right? This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in, the name to all, in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what uh, my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. 
Something that we have to remember with all these four Gospels, right, is they work together. They're complementary, not contradictory. There's a difference there. So both Matthew and Luke's account of the Great Commission, they show us a couple of things. They show us four things, actually. Number one, that it was Jesus who gave this mission to the disciples, the calling, the assignment. It comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from the church or anybody else. Right? Number two, the authority of the mission comes from Jesus. Right? We are sent because Christ was sent out, and we go in his name under his authority. Number three, the mission is making disciples. How? By teaching, preaching, announcing, testifying, bearing witness. Number four, where are we to go and to whom? We are to go into the world. The message of salvation is for everybody. Every group, near and far, every nation, we are to go to the ends of the earth and preach the gospel. When Jesus gave this mission to his, the disciples, the strategy was, uh, was changed, right? The message of salvation, the strategy to spread the gospel, it changed from come and see to go and tell. And that's the call for every single one of us. We are to go and tell. We are to go and tell the world of the good news because we carry the greatest news the world has ever known. This is the Great Commission. You know, we believe that the church is sent into the world to be a witness to Jesus. This is our unique and central calling. Now, if we just left it at that, right, what would happen is you would all walk, walk out with a misunderstanding of the gospel. You, you wouldn't understand what the gospel is all about. Why? Because you would think that the gospel and Jesus is all about producing good works. You would think that Jesus is telling us to go out and make disciples in order for us to be right or to be good. Now, does that mean the Great Commission is wrong? No. Does that mean Jesus is wrong? No. But the Bible never tells us that we're saved by good works. But we are saved by grace through faith. And this is exactly what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2. He says, it is, for it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. What is Paul saying there? He's saying that we are powerless in our own strength to have a right standing with God. That it is completely and only through God's grace that we are saved. There is nothing that we can do to earn our way into heaven. The gospel is about the finished work of Jesus. He came as fully God, fully man, lived a perfect, sinless life, took on our sins on the cross. He died, was buried, and rose again on the third day. And now because of Jesus, we have been made right with God the Father. That is the gospel. If we get these orders mixed up, if we read Jesus' command for us to go out and make disciples, first before we receive the gospel, then you're going to be striving all your life. You're never going to be good enough. And some of us, we call ourselves Christians, but we are living as though we are bound and oppressed by the same laws, the same rules and traditions of the Pharisees. We think that we need to do in order to be saved, but that's not what the Bible says. This is super important that we get this. So don't forget, 
don't forget that good works follow salvation. Right? Good works follows salvation. It is a result of salvation. We are saved for good works, not by good works. And so the Great Commission is given to us uh, for us to be, not to be saved or to prove our worth, but because we have tasted and seen the goodness of God. It's gospel and then good works, not the other way around. So the mission and calling of every single believer is rooted in the fact that we have received the gift of salvation. From here, we are, we are able to go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. So this leads us to the vision and mission of our church, the Chapel Sydney. Our vision statement is this. The Chapel Sydney is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational gospel community that exists to love God and love people. The, the vision statement is the end goal. It's the bullseye. It's where we're aiming for. It's the direction that we're going towards. And the goal isn't speed, but it's direction. It's not how fast can we get there, but it's where are we going and are we keeping the main thing, the main thing, right? And so I just want to walk through some of these different aspects of our vision. Um, It's been 10 years since uh, we first planted our church here. And we started in Chatswood. We've seen God's grace and faithfulness come through every single time. And we're here now by God's grace because it didn't always look like this. Uh, Let's put the photo back up. Uh, This is a photo, right, of our very first service in Chaswood in 2013. We're coming up to our 10-year anniversary, and this is uh, where our vision statement was birthed. Let me read that vision statement one more time. The Chapel Sydney is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational gospel community that exists to love God and love people. This is the reason why we gather. This is the reason why we do what we do. This is the reason why we give up two, three hours of our Sunday morning every week to be at church. Over the years, you know, we have baptized over 35 people. And I think we've got some photos as well. We've baptized over 35 people. Uh, We have seen people give their lives to Jesus, right? We have given hundreds and thousands of dollars in donations. We have sent out mission teams. We have supported organizations with food and money. You can just filter through those photos. Just keep scrolling through. You know, we have, we have encountered God through multiple camps and conferences. And we're just getting started. Right? And I'm not telling you all this to hoot our own horn or to puff up our shoulders, but it's to invite you into this space. It's to say, let's go together. We are multi-ethnic. Our church isn't limited to any specific ethnicity. In Genesis 12, we see God make a covenant promise with Abraham. All right, Genesis 12, 2, it says, I'll make you into a great nation, and I'll bless you. I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. What promise is God making there? He's telling Abraham, the father of faith, that God's children will come from all peoples on earth. They won't be limited to a specific nationality or a culture or an ethnic group. You know, we are brothers and sisters in Christ, not by the color of our skin or the logo on our passport. 
but we are family in Christ through faith. And we're seeing the promise from God to Abraham fulfilled. But do you know how we know that? We just need to look around. We are a church filled with different nationalities, filled with different cultures. We are multi-generational. You know, this is something that we're working towards. We want to be a church that caters for all age groups, for the elderly, for the newborns, and everyone in between. We believe that church should be for the whole family. Jesus in Matthew 19, 13, it says, Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. If Jesus cares for the weak, vulnerable, young, and the elderly, then we need to have the same heart as Jesus. And you know, one of the areas in our church that I'm super proud of, uh, that I'm so grateful for, is our Safe Ministries team. And it's headed up by Anzi, who has put so much work into it uh, for our church to be above reproach. And so thank you, Anzi. Um, the Safe Ministry team, you know, they make sure that our church has the proper procedures, uh, the policies in place so that we as a church can provide a safe place for the vulnerable, for the young, for children. You know, this is such a key area in our church, which we will continue to strive to be above reproach in, because you should feel safe bringing your, your friends and family here. Gospel community. Our church is a gospel-centered community. Everything that we do and every part of who we are is centered around the good news of Jesus. Every part of our Sunday service, every ministry, every outreach program is centered around Jesus. The emphasis of the Chapel Sydney is always going to be Jesus. What does this mean? It means every Sunday you're going to hear the gospel. And please hear me on this. We are a church that believes it is only Jesus that saves you. All faiths do not lead to heaven. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We exist to love God. Our purpose is to love God with all our hearts, all our minds, and all our souls in every area of our lives. We love God not because we have to, but because we get to. You know, in the, in the 1600s, a, a group of English and Scottish uh, theologians came together uh, to put together a series of questions and answers about the Christian faith. They call this um, the Westminster Catechism. Now, a catechism meaning uh, just a summary or explanation, right, of a doctrine or, or teaching. It's, it's, it's a summary. You just have to know it's just a summary, okay? <laughs> just take it as a summary, okay? Um, and so the very first question that they put forth was this. What is the chief and highest end of man? In other words, right, what is the absolute highest purpose of mankind? What is the purpose of your life? And the answer to that, right, and the answer to, to that question that they came up with was this. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. That is the purpose of your life. If you're struggling to find your purpose and your calling, that is what we're, on, what we're here to do on earth. 
That is the reason why we're here. We're here to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And at the Chapel Sydney, we're going to do all that we can to help you to do that. We also believe that God has called us to love people. We love people because God first loved us. It's not the other way around. We love people out of an overflow of our love for God. And so what you're going to find here at our church is, is our heart for the community, our heart for missions. Over the last two, three years, you know, we have sent thousands of dollars of food to St. Paul's to support the food drive. Families and students, single parents uh, who, have, who have struggled to put food on the table, you know, they have been able to eat and provide for their families because of your generosity. You guys are the ones to make this happen. Over the last couple of years, I think we've got some photos as well, um, we have sent over 25 people, I think that was a couple of years ago, uh, we have sent over 25 people to short-term mission trips. Uh, we believe that being the hands and feet of Jesus means stepping out of our comfort zone, right? And stepping into what God is doing around the world. Yes, short-term mission trips will cost you money. It's going to cost you your time. It's going to cost you your comfort. But what you'll see, what you'll get to see is a front row view of what God is doing in the world. So if the vision of the Chapel Sydney is to be multi-ethnic, multi-generational, gospel-centered community, then how do we get there? What's our strategy? This is how we're going to get there. We belong to Jesus. We become like Jesus. And we be a blessing in Jesus' name for his glory. That is our mission statement. To belong to Jesus. To become like Jesus. And to be a blessing in Jesus' name for his glory. Matthew 4.18, it says, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left the nets and followed him. Our mission statement actually comes from that passage. Jesus has just finished his 40 days and 40 nights of fasting. And he begins his ministry. And this is the very first thing that he does, right? He calls his first disciples, Simon and his brother, Andrew. And this is how we get our mission statement. Jesus calls us to belong to him first. Jesus says, come. Before we do anything, before behavior, before purpose, Jesus calls us to belong. We belong to him and his bride, the church. The most crucial thing is this. Identity comes first. Who we are will always lead to what we do. It's never the other way around. And this is why we have gospel class. This is the one class that we have for every single person in this church, especially if you want to um, become a member. You know, the gospel class is all about spending time explaining the gospel and giving time for you to ask questions. The goal is that you would have a full understanding of the gospel and what it means to be a Christian. Because at the end of the day, the choice is yours to make. What we want to do is we just want to give you all the information so you know exactly what you're accepting 
or what you're rejecting. We also have baptism class, membership class. And this, uh, this is to help you find your identity in family. If you're a new believer or if you're new to our church, or if you want to get baptized or become a member, then come and speak to us after. And then what we see is Jesus calls his disciples to follow me. Right? To follow Jesus is to follow in his direction. But it's also to imitate the way that he lived. Healthy things grow. And when we belong to Jesus, becoming like Jesus should just come naturally. One of the best ways to follow and become like Jesus is to join a life group, right? We believe that Sunday is not enough time to cultivate deep, uh, deep relationships. And we believe that it is through sharing a meal, reading the Word together, and praying together that lives are changed. And that's what life groups is all about. You know, we've been doing life groups for the last 10 years, since the beginning of our church. And we believe that it's one of the major uh, conduits, one of the major highways that God uses to change people. And this year, it's no different. We have over 50-something people spread across five different life groups this year, all with the same aim and purpose, to become like Jesus. It's not enough just to go to church. It takes more than that. It takes becoming a disciple of Jesus. Jesus never told us just to go to church and that's it. But he's called us to make disciples of all nations. You know, that's why we push life groups so hard and so much. It's not for the leader's sake. You know, it's not for Mel's sake or for AB's sake. But it's to help you grow to become like Jesus. And finally, Jesus tells us, Jesus tells him, I will send you out to fish for people. Jesus gives his disciples a purpose. And it isn't about themselves, but it's about blessing others. The more we belong to Jesus, the more we become like Jesus. The more we will be a blessing in Jesus' name. And one of the ways we love God, love people, and be a blessing in Jesus' name is to serve his bride, the church. There are so many areas within our church that you can serve. Do you love kids? Great. Talk with Janice Lee, who's somewhere in the garden at the back. Do you have a gift or talent in social media, computers, audio? Great. Then talk with Ren, who's standing at the back. Do you love to sing or play an instrument? Do you love to worship? Great. Talk with Andy at the front here. You know, the church doesn't just magically run by itself but it's filled with people like David Arn who, who looks after the physical building of the church every week, week in, week out. And Joyce and Vanjie and Matt and Chung Su and, and James Lau who greet every single new person. You know, our church is filled with amazing volunteers who give up their time, their energy, their money to serve and build the house of God. And so if you're on the edge about serving or you don't know where to serve, then come and have a chat and we'll work something out. Serving is a joy. It's an opportunity we get to be a part of everything that God is doing in our community. And when we serve faithfully and consistently, we grow deep roots into this family. It's like when you plant trees. The more you uproot and replant, uh, the more brittle and weak the roots become, right? But a tree that grows deep roots into the soil won't easily be moved by the storms and winds that come.
The same is true for us. When we serve, we're just growing deeper roots into this community, into this family. And so when the storms of life come, because of our deep roots, right, you won't easily be swayed by the uncertainties of life. And so let me challenge you today. How can you use your gifts and talents to serve God? And if you're saying, James, I don't know what my gifts are. I don't know where I want to serve. Then let me ask you this question. When you walk into church, right, what's the very first thing that grabs your attention? For me, when I walk into church, right, my attention immediately goes to the sound. And this is just how I'm wired. It goes to the sound. It goes to the quality. It goes to the frequencies. It goes to, uh, is the band playing in time? Are they even playing the right chords? <laughs> and sometimes they're not, and it's okay. <laughs> you know, is the microphone clear? Are there any sound distractions? That's what immediately grabs my attention when I walk into church. Because that's just the way that I'm wired, right? For you, what grabs your attention when you walk into church? Is it the cleanliness of the place, right? Is it the rubbish that you see? Do your eyes automatically go to uh, whether or not the church is clean? If it is, then maybe you need to be on the ops team with David on and help clean the church. You know, where your attention goes to is often a great indicator of your passion. So have a think about it. What grabs your attention when you walk into church? The theme and word for our year for 2023 is by faith. And it isn't an accident that God has placed this phrase in our hearts. The board, the staff, we dream big. We dream big because we have been given gifts and talents and buildings that we're meant to steward properly. And so our prayer for you guys is that, that you would have faith like Abraham who waited over 30 years for God to answer a promise. That we would have faith like Noah who when everyone laughed at him for building an ark for over 100 years, he remained steadfast and faithful to God. Our prayer for each and every single one of you is that you would walk 2023 by faith, trusting in God. And so by faith, we're believing that our life groups would explode, that we would see the grace of Jesus move and change lives of every single life group that there would be a move of God within our life groups like, ne like never before. We're believing by faith that God will move upon our prayer lives, that we would be a church on our knees, that we would be a people whose first instinct and reaction is to go to prayer, to go to God, seek God in prayer. We're believing by faith that we would see every prayer meeting filled with people crying out to our God. We're believing by faith that our garden ministry curriculum would be so good that we would have to give it away to churches, organizations, schools. We're believing by faith that this room would overflow with people hungry to hear the word of God. That there would be lines of people waiting outside just to get in. That we would need to expand our services to multiple locations, times, we're believing by faith that we would be a church that sends out missions teams to nations all around the world. 
and that we would be able to send and support full-time missionaries. We're believing by faith that revival would sweep through this suburb of Bowood and into the streets of Sydney, that broken families would find healing in Jesus' name, that broken marriages would find healing in Jesus' name, that addictions to substances, pornography, and money would break in Jesus' name. And I believe by faith that the Chapel Sydney will be a church that invades the darkness with the light of Jesus. Our prayer is that God would stir our hearts to move us from the sidelines and into the actual game. And I just want to finish with this. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul, tells, uh, Paul talks about the unity in the body of Christ. And he says that when the church functions as it should function, it should produce strong Christians. He's saying that your individual life is driven by the corporate. Think about this. Because this is exactly opposite to what we're wired to think. We think that it's our private devotional life that makes us useful in the corporate setting. What do I mean by the corporate setting? It's, it's this, it's what we're doing right now. It's church. But in reality, right, the corporate setting, when we gather, this is our lifeline. The corporate setting, the church, when we gather, this is where God meets us. This is where He sustains us, where He strengthens us, where He imparts faith. And then the private life, right, is driven by it. Our private life is propelled and powered by the corporate life, by this, by what we're doing. You know, I say this because we're not meant to walk the Christian faith by ourselves. We're meant to do it in community. And so if you've been sitting on the fence for a while, maybe today is the day you choose to join in with us. Maybe today is the day you say, God, I'm going all in. Maybe it's the day you choose to sign up to serve in a ministry. Whatever it is, you know, we can't do everything, but we can do something. Our goal here isn't to have the best Sunday service or the best programs or the most people. You know, we're not calling you to the kingdom of the Chapel Sydney or to our glory, but to God's glory and to God's kingdom. Because all these programs, these buildings, these signs, these church names, they're going to fade. We're just here to point you to Jesus because it is only Jesus that can save. And so our goal here isn't to build our kingdom, but it's to last. You know, in a time and season where leaders and pastors and people are breaking and burning out, you know, our goal is to last. That's it. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to just burn out after a couple of years. But I want to get to 70, 80, 90 and still be going strong for Jesus. And I want to give the best that I can. And I want to give it everything that I have not to earn God's favor or to get things from God, but because God gave everything for us. And the only way we'll ever get there is to keep the main thing the main thing. What is the main thing? It's Jesus. It's the good news of salvation. So we belong to Jesus first. Then we become like Jesus.
And then we'd be a blessing in Jesus' name. Let's close our eyes in prayer.